0: Hey everyone, welcome to Refine and Grow with Justin and Lindsay. My name is Lindsay Allen.
1: And my name is Justin Euler, and this is your podcast for proven strategies on navigating and managing work life. So today we're going to talk about a topic that I think oftentimes can make people feel pretty uncomfortable. And uh, depending upon where you live and what your cultural orientation or background can um, either be something you're incredibly comfortable with, or something that keeps you up at night and gives you a bunch of consternation. And uh, I'm probably a little bit more on, on the side of consternation on the spectrum, uh, to be quite honest with you. But it is a topic that is necessary to confront head on and uh, will happen throughout your career. Uh, and so we just, we just need to hit it head on. It's one of those things you can't avoid. I think it's one of those things you don't want to avoid, quite frankly, if you want to have a healthy, healthy life and healthy healthy engagement in your workplace and satisfactory career. And that is dealing with conflict in the workplace. So we're going to talk today a little bit about strategies for managing, confronting, and removing conflict really impede your ability to uh, make progress in the workplace, as well as, quite frankly, just have a, a satisfying, enjoyable career. So with that being said, we're going to go to tip number one, which is really recognizing your role and, and stake in the conflict. And we really want to understand who who is affected and how, who in, in, in the workplace environment might be a decision maker to help resolve the conflict. It could be you, or it could be somebody else within the organization, uh, within your team, and, and whether or not it really requires resolution. Is it a conflict that requires resolution or is it is it something that just requires a bit of rest? Lindsay, I guess I would ask you when you when you think about workplace conflict and you think about that tension between resolving something or resting something, what, what does that mean to you?
0: You know, I well, I think that most conflict comes up when you're collaborating with others on a new process, deliverable software system, something, a new initiative that's happening within. The company. And I think that you have to recognize the difference between we're at a point where we can't make forward progress because of the conflict that's at hand, or there's some unrest, a little bit of difference in opinion on the direction that we're going to go. But we've had the conversations, we've chosen the direction that we're going. And at at that point, it's the conflict is over while some people may feel disappointment or disagreement with the direction that it's going it's really just best to let them go through their own personal process of accepting which way we're going versus continuing to confront it
1: right yeah that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense so there could be there could be in a sense a resolution to the conflict but there may be folks who have not come to a place of acceptance in regards to what that resolution might look like Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, a few things to talk about uh, on this particular uh, piece is you're going to play different roles in regards to the conflict, depending upon uh, your orientation to that, that particular conflict and your orientation to the team. You could be in a position where really we have conflict between two colleagues and your job really is to serve as kind of a listener, third party, safe moderator, so to speak, or, or listener and helping to facilitate really healthy conversation between two people. It's possible that this is between direct reports, uh, which certainly um, I have faced. And that is then your job really is oriented as a coach. You're really trying to re- help coach uh, the two parties towards resolution for all sorts of good reasons, because you, you want peace on your team, not peace at any cost, but certainly team dynamics are heavily disrupted when, uh, when you have conflict between two members of your team. And then you, you really could be, if, if the conflict is with you and, and somebody else, then your job is really to, to learn and resolve. And I think that requires, I think all these roles require a level of humility and a level of open-handedness, but when you're involved in conflict, really a level of humility and a level of open-handedness and and really a a focus on, particularly in the workplace, not just resolution of relationship, but really ensuring that you're, you're able to reorient and get back to kind of a business orientation, right? When we're in the workplace, we're there for a very specific reason. We're there to drive value. Uh, for our company, we're there to drive value for our customers, and that is impeded when there's conflict. So we kind of kind of keep our eyes on the prize, so to speak. Lindsay, what do you what do you think of when you think about that role of listener?
0: Uh, I think that it's about really trying to understand what the other person is saying. I think we've talked about this on a previous episode. Recently about hearing versus listening and hearing is you're standing there, you're quiet and the person is talking, but you may not be understanding their perspective listening is trying to understand what they're saying. You know, the next tip that we have for dealing with conflict in the workplace is to repeat and clarify the issue. And so one technique that I've seen a lot of people use, and it works really effectively, is when you're having a conversation with someone and you're trying to work out the conflict is repeating what they've said by um, saying, what I hear you saying is, paraphrase what they've said to make sure that you are understanding the root of the issue for them because that's where it needs to be resolved. And you can't really expect to experience a solution and, and resolving the conflict unless you truly understand one another. And you can't control the other person. So you can only control whether or not you take that step to listen carefully to them. And I think what this reminds me of is the, the book um, by Stephen Covey, the, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People where he says, seek first to understand. And I think a lot of times we jump to conclusions or tell ourselves a storyline or narrative that maybe isn't based on facts and evidence. And so you can't jump to conclusions about what the other person is saying. You must seek to understand them first versus jumping to an assumption that that they don't have, you know, maybe the best intentions behind whatever that conflict may be. I know that I, for example, was collaborating on a a new process for a big tech company with a management consultant. And she worked for a different company than I did, but we were both assigned to this project. And so essentially we were colleagues. I mean, we were in the office together every day. We met every day to work on this. And I remember that She sent out a version of a deliverable she had put together. It was something like a status report. It was not even uh, this big, huge thing. Um, But she had sent it to myself and the client and a couple of other people. And I had replied all with my feedback on how to improve it. And it really, it, it struck something in her. I think maybe that I kept the client on the email. I'm not sure. But she replied just individually to me and sent me really like a scathing email about not appreciating my feedback. And it, it was very upsetting for me. And, and, you know, one rule I've had for dealing with conflict is that I have sort of somebody I can go to that I trust who I can vent to. to to get some of that kind of frustration out of my system, somebody who can speak the work language with me and understand. So I went to a colleague of mine who worked for the same consulting firm. She was focused on a totally different project. So she could still be objective, but understand the language since we were staffed at the same big tech company together. And she said to me, if you're making the assumption that She's not doing what's best for the organization. She doesn't have the same goal as you to add value to the organization, do what's best. She's taking it personally unnecessarily. This colleague who I'm bending to said, that's the storyline that you have. If you could think of the best possible reason for why she may have done this, what would you you say? What would you think? And I said, I mean, maybe she felt like she was criticized in front of the client and that that was in some way disrespecting her and that we have a good rapport. So I should have come to her first and we, you know, because we need to look like a team and present a final deliverable to the client and maybe not involve her in the revisions. That was the best I could come up with. And so my colleague said, yeah, well, let's, let's say that either one of them could equally be true. What do you need to do? You need to seek to understand what is the truth because you're getting yourself worked up on this storyline yeah. And you haven't even thought about her perspective or tried to have the conversation with her where you're repeating back what she's saying and, and really truly understanding where she's coming from so that you can actually resolve it because it's only when you understand it that you can avoid it in the future.
1: That's a great example. And it really speaks to then that the third piece in, in all of this is which which is confronting the problem, not the person, right? Too often we, we make these personal struggles and personal conflicts and we make it about ourselves and when we do that we, we start to lose some of our objectivity and our ability to really empathize and seek to build bridges rather than burning them Burning them yeah great yeah, that's a good one I had a mind blank there for a moment <laughs> my hat's on a little too tight today and so I think you know th- there, there are several ways that we can do this because oftentimes we allow, conflict that could be resolved and not only allow business to carry forward, but allow relationship really to deepen. I mean, some of the best relationships I have are relationships that have been through the fire of, of conflict. It, it can actually become a tool that brings people closer, not further apart. And I find one of the best ways to do that is let's focus on the problem. Let's, let's focus on the problem and not focus on the individual. Avoid the, um, ad hominem right? Dehumanizing uh, the individual or attacking the individual. So focus on the problem. And I think there's a, there's a few great ways to do that. One really focus on terms like risk mitigation, operating procedures or owners, you know, use business oriented language and focus on the business problem. It goes back to kind of that one, two, three rule, right? What's the business problem? What's the desired outcome? Uh, what's the happy path to bridge those those two points. And like we said on, on a couple of epi- episodes ago, this stuff kind of builds on itself, right? So you get kind of some of these fundamental concepts and then you figure out how to apply them forward. And I think that's exactly the case here. If you can take a breath, calm down, recognizing it's not about you, it may not even be about the other person, that there very likely could be some misunderstanding and let's focus on what the business problem is and try to drive some resolution. I think that's really helpful. I think it's also really helpful not to use terms like you, your kind of accusatory language, but really um, orient yourself towards I, my understanding, my experience, my perspective, And so it's, it's much more about you talking about where you are perceiving something as opposed to, well, you did this or you did that. And quite honestly, just as in business management, I think John Gottman, whose marriage, he's a psychologist and therapist at the University of Washington focused on marriage and relationship. He's got wonderful examples of, of how you can orient yourself in the midst of conflict and really talking about your experience and your feelings uh, and, and camping there as opposed to making accusations or making statements about the other person, right? It, it starts to de- kind of dehumanize. I, I would also say when you when you focus on the problem and not the person, you give yourself space, right? You give yourself a level of separation where you can start to see each other as human beings. And and I think that that leads to uh, a level of aggression or frustration or antipathy that starts to dissipate. And I find that it's not only helpful in your work relationships and your work dynamics, but frankly, it carries over into your personal dynamics as well. A key part in all of this though is your ability to self-reflect and self-evaluate and, and move forward. So Lindsay, what what would you what would you share with our listeners in regards to self-evaluation?
0: Well, it's interesting because when I became a management consultant, I was introduced to this idea that after every project, every initiative that you implement at a client company, you do this activity called lessons learned, where you collect all of the lessons that you have learned from from going through that initiative and all of the phases. And the intent is that you collect how you would do it better, recommendations, and then you post it somewhere within the company so that when the next team comes along and does a similar project or initiative, they can reference what it is you've done so they can be better. And so my idea of taking some time to self-evaluate is doing that exercise of collecting lessons learned but focusing on yourself. So it's reflecting back on the journey after a conflict or during a conflict and identifying what could I personally have done different and you know I aim for three to five things that I could or would have changed. And then I use that lesson in my future interactions. And it it really helps me so that I don't, you know, hopefully have to learn my lesson more than once. I can get it the first time if I stop and take some quiet time to reflect and decide how can I be better or do this differently.
1: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I think that that self-reflection is so, so critical. I think we get so caught up about what we perceive the other person or the other people having done to us that we can kind of lose learning opportunity. And I have found in conflict I've had in the workplace, if I don't execute that self-reflection, if I don't take a hard look at myself, I lose out on valuable lessons, valuable, valuable lessons that I can carry forward into my next set of relationships. It's hard. It's hard stuff. And that that really takes us to our last point, and that's that pain is temporary. You know, we we say that in kind of a cheeky way in our culture, but conflict has a tendency to drive towards resolution. And what we we want to encourage you to do is don't allow that resolution to be passive. Take an active role in uh, driving towards resolution of conflict, depending upon your role in that conflict. Uh, we certainly don't want people diving into conflict between colleagues where they're not invited. But if you are in the role as either leader or manager or trusted voice or colleague and you can help resolve that conflict, then certainly there's an appropriate opportunity for you to become involved at the appropriate level. And certainly if you're having conflict in the workplace, if you're one of the <laughs> to use a strong term, combatants, and then obviously we want to, we want to help guide you towards healthy resolution of conflict and healthy participation in conflict. John Gottman will also say that conflict happens. You have two people with two wills, two points of view, you're going to have conflict. So it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And again, resolution is not avoidance. So you have to kind of lean into the pain and recognize that Oftentimes, good things come from pain. You know, if you are starting a running regimen or a workout regimen, you're going to tear the muscles, you're going to, the chest, the lungs are going to burn, the body's going to hurt. That's pain, but that's productive pain. And we really believe that conflict can lead towards, it, it is painful, but it can be productive pain that really leads to growth. Your career, it's going to last a long time. If you enter the workforce at 21, 22 years of age, chances are you're going to be in that workforce for a solid 40 to 45 years. And conflicts is temporary. It's a very small slice of your total work and employment timeline. And so learning how to handle it positively, recognizing that it's temporary and recognizing that it can lead to growth allows you to have perspective If you can if you can orient that way, I I think you'll find that the conflict will actually consume a lot less of your time and a lot less of your thoughts. And frankly, you'll probably have a lot more mental and emotional wellness. Conflict is difficult. No one's saying it's easy. We shouldn't whitewash over it. We shouldn't avoid it, but we should put it in perspective that it's an opportunity for growth struggle leads to strength and leads to growth. It's a small part of your overall work life. And if it's handled well, and if you lean into that pain and lean into that conflict in a healthy and thoughtful way, it can be a wonderful uh, teacher and instructor. And though it's hard in the moment over the life of your career, it can actually be one of the most productive components of your career. So really encourage you to lean into conflict in a healthy and productive way. Be humble, Be thoughtful, ask lots of questions, use lots of terms like I and my when you start sentences, be willing to listen more than you speak. And again, I think the biggest thing in the workplace environment, it's not just about relationship, but you are there to drive value. You're there to drive value for your team, uh, for your company, for your customer. And frankly, you're there to drive value for yourself. That's what those paycheck, that paycheck and benefits provides you. It provides you with value. We need to work through the conflict so we can drive towards value creation. So refer back to your tips and tricks uh, sheet if you have any questions on this and uh, we look forward to talking to you soon today
0: don't forget to head out to our website to download the tips and tricks worksheet from today's episode download case studies subscribe to our podcast and newsletter and more
1: and tune in next week for an all new episode thanks for listening